With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, Rudy, her real strategies will help you make small changes, uncomplicate the process, take the right steps to becoming your healthiest you. Go to HealthyLeanLife.com to listen today. HealthyLeanLife.com. If you need some cash, listen up. Are you in a bind? Do you need some quick cash? Relax. Relax Loans can get you up to $1,000 fast. Visit RelaxLoans.com for quick and easy payday loan. Relax Loans accepts most applications, and you can use the cash for anything. So hurry up and relax with RelaxLoans.com. And tell them you heard about it here on Transmedia Worldwide. Are you looking for an opportunity to earn money, real money, working from home? I want to tell you about a business where you can do just that. Earn $10,000 or more each month. This is an automated system. Customers call for information. You just have to plug into the system and return calls. It's that simple. This is not multi-level marketing. This is not a job either. This is a business opportunity with incredible income potential. This is the opportunity you have been looking for. And you can do it all from home. To learn more and start making money, call 551-233-8601. Welcome to the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Raw and uncut, Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it, you know what I'm saying? Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had no idea. I I didn't know you were, but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. (laughs) Call Jiggy right now. 267 22 Jiggy. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? Must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. It's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my trick shots there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Welcome to a special edition of the World Famous Jaguar Radio Program. Coast to coast and border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty. We've got Larry Pratt from Gun Owners of America waiting for us on the telephone. And in our second segment, we're going to get Donald Mazzella and Dan Perkins in here. We had some technical issues on their end trying to get everybody patched in, but we're going to do that in our next segment. But I want to bring in my good friend, Mr. Larry Pratt. Larry, uh, happy Fourth of July week. How are you, sir? Thank you so much. Now, and a happy fourth to you as well. Now, there is a lot going on. <laughs> wow. I just what I I don't know if the news does this to us before we before we go on holiday break or what the heck it is. But uh give me your thoughts on some of this some of this uh, second amendment stuff that's been going on that uh the president and some outside forces and and various other folks it's it's like they realize the 4th of July is right around the corner so they got to step up the attacks. Is that what's going on? Well, they're very opportunistic as well uh because the Charleston massacre uh, has been another platform for them to get up on and tell us uh, how bad we are. Uh, the Second Amendment's got to go. Um, people don't need guns. Uh, and actually, that's uh, very disturbing to hear politicians tell us that we uh, have too many guns because we have guns precisely to keep them under control. <laughs> well, that too. So what happened in Charleston <laughs> was, was as much a of anti-gun laws as it was apparently is one of the latest of the many murders that have been committed by people using psychotropic drugs. In this case, uh, the dirt bag was on Suboxone, yeah. and that, that has uh, led to violent behavior in other people. And so it's been very convenient for the 
pharmaceutical industry to divert attention uh, to try to make it the gun uh, the gun's fault but uh, actually it was anti-gun politicians plus drugs equal to lethal cocktail do folks not realize that <laughs> whether it's whether it's guns whether it would be a stick and a rock if this guy's on something he's gonna find whatever the heck is available to go do all these things yeah, his daddy gave him uh, some money for a day. He'd been arrested for a felony drug offense about four months before the shooting. Um, if the instant background check were to be a reliable mechanism, it should have turned his name up when he bought his gun at a store, but it didn't. Uh, and so people were relying on no guns in this church. And, uh, of course, that's a real deterrent. Yes. You know? And um, it just is a big, fat shame that the politicians have not been made to realize that their laws creating gun-free zones are where all but two of our mass murders committed since 1950 have occurred in those guns. Wow. That is a startling, startling stat, my friend. You know, the dirtbag was on a drug, and that probably exacerbated his problem. But he wasn't out of his mind. He was able to think. Uh, he didn't go to a police station, to a gun range, or to some other place where he might expect armed resistance. He went to a church which was headed by a prominent anti-Second Amendment state senator who was the pastor, so he would be virtually certain that the pastor would have invoked the state law saying no guns here you, you would have had to have gotten his specific permission to bring a concealed carry firearm into the church We've got so he actually broke that law too well that too <laughs> it just all these uh, all these laws and then and then the i don't understand the 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 uproar because he had a confederate flag <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I don't think the flag was uh, motivating him a whole lot. I, I think uh, this very clearly was a troubled young man, uh, apparently a broken home. Um, we, um, uh, he, he was dealing with psychological issues uh, to the point that he was on a rather potent psychotropic drug, Suboxone, and... Um, went to a, a gun-free zone where he could shoot some people up. It's just the the strangest, strangest thing. Uh, we've got Larry Pratt with us today, Gun Owners of America. We're going to take a brief time out here, and we're going to try to get Donald Mazzella and Dan Perkins on the line. We've got more coming up with Larry Pratt here with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. If you want to get healthy, get lean, keep results for a lifetime, then you need to listen to the Healthy Lean Life podcast. You're going to be hearing from an expert nutritionist, Lisa, Jill, Rooney, her real strategies will help you make small changes, uncomplicate the process, take the right steps to becoming your healthiest you. Go to HealthyLeanLife.com to listen today. HealthyLeanLife.com If you need some cash, listen up. Are you in a bind? Do you need some quick cash? Relax. Relax Loans can get you up to $1,000 fast. Visit RelaxLoans.com for quick and easy payday loan. Relax Loans accepts most applications, and you can use the cash for anything. So hurry up and relax with RelaxLoans.com. And tell them you heard about it here on Transmedia Worldwide. Are you looking for an opportunity to earn money, real money, working from home? I want to tell you about a business where you can do just that. Earn $10,000 or more each month. This is an automated system. Customers call for information. You just have to plug into the system and return calls. It's that simple. This is not multi-level marketing. This is not a job either. This is a business opportunity with incredible income potential. This is the opportunity you have been looking for. And you can do it all from home. To learn more and start making money, call 551-233-8601. 551-233-8601. Welcome to the World 
right now. 267-22-Diggy. He's realizing Diggy Jaguar is better than me. I'm totally serious about that, too. Presented Diggy Jaguar. Welcome back to our big broadcast, Coast to Coast and Bowler to Bowler on TuneIn iTunes, Radio Loyalty, our good friends over there, 50-plus stations across the U.S. and Canada. It is the world-famous Jiggy radio program. Thanks for tuning in to the big broadcast from the KJAG Radio Studios in Hutchins of Kansas. We're live as live can get Monday through Friday, 2 to 5 Central, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific, and 1 to 4 Mountain Standard, and 24-7, as I mentioned, at JiggyJaguar.com. Our premium podcast is available for $5 a month. At JiggyJaguar.info, selected editions appear on iHeartRadio. Our telephone number, 267-22-JIGGY. The Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast is brought to you by our fabulous friends, oh yeah, the team of diamonds.com. Build your business, live debt-free, start your own home-based business with It Works Global. They're going to show you how for a simple $99 they can change your life. It works! Signature product is the ultimate body applicator. Also known as that crazy wrap thing. A site-specific wrap that can help you tighten, tone, firm in as little as 45 minutes. If you'd like to know about how this works, and it's changing lives, text the words wrap girl to 50500. That's W-R-A-P-G-I-R-L. And you're going to need to text it to 50500. Or visit them online, theteamofdiamonds.com. Check out theteamofdiamonds.com for free. No obligation information. We're going to spell it for you. T H E. T-E-A-M-O-F-D-I-A-M-O-N-D-S. And tell them you heard about it here on Transmedia Worldwide. Let's get back into it with our with our panelists today. We've got uh, Donald Mazzella, the uh, newspaper man, uh, journalist. We've got uh, the great Dan Perkins from TheHill.com. And we've got uh, my good friend Larry Pratt from Gun Owners of America. And uh, I want to open this first segment here with with everybody up to uh, Mr. Dan Perkins. Uh, we were chatting before we get you guys on the phone in the, in the first segment. Me and Larry were chatting about the Charleston shooter and about the fact that uh, he was on all these psychotropic drugs and all the all the the gun nuts that want to ban the guns, uh, they're they're like, well, if we just ban the guns, it'll be fine. And I'm like, well, one thing I tried to explain to Larry, and Larry was, uh, of course, explaining it to me as well. If you take the guns away, that's cool. He's just going to go find a stick and a rock or whatever the hell else he's got laying around. Um, Dan, I want you to jump in there and uh, get lead us off and uh, give us our uh, give us our first topic here with Larry. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about what happened in Charleston and what has happened as a result of Charleston that has created a firestorm, in my opinion, of insanity in the United States. This young man and I wrote an op-ed piece for the Hill.com, which you can go to the website and find it. Uh, this young man was a terrorist. No ifs, ands, or buts. You look at the definition of a terrorist in the in the, the dictionary. It's an individual or group of individuals who seek through either intimidation, threats, or coercion, or physical harm to change the attitudes and the beliefs of other people to theirs. That's clearly what this young man was trying to do. He said before he shot these nine people in the church, he was hoping to create a race war. Well, he did create a race war. And it was bigger than he could ever hoped. And that was the movement of away from the church to the state capitol and the Confederate flag. And the absurdity of what's going on since then is unbelievable. And let me tell you some of the things that I've read about and heard about as a result of a shooting related to the flag, related to racism. Number one, 
tear down the Jefferson Memorial because he owns slaves. Number two, take all slave owners off of all currency in the United States. Number three, burn the negatives of Gone with the Wind. Four, eliminate George Washington, who was of the original founding fathers, the one man who had slaves and had slaves to his death. Take George Washington off the dollar bill. Take his name off of the Washington Monument. Tear it down. Change all the streets, buildings, universities, whatever in the United States that are referenced to George Washington. Eliminate him from our history. Then the... No, I got one more, one, one more, one more. Just give me one more. Mitch McConnell, the majority leader of the Senate, decided that he thinks that they need to tear down the statue of Jefferson Davis in Kentucky. Now you can go. All I was going to say is uh, George Washington uh, freed all of his slaves in its will. But he, had, he owned them. He owned them to the day he died. Right. But in his will, he freed them all. Now, now, Larry, what, 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 uh, Larry Pratt, Gun Owners of America, what, what do you think of uh, Dan's points there, in in regards to all the craziness that's happened? Well, well, second, I mean, we can all add to this absurd, absurdity. (laughs) The absurdity. It it is. uh, I'll never forget when uh, um, President Kennedy was dead. There was actually a group of citizens who wanted to rename the state of West Virginia Kennedy in his honor. I mean, sometimes people uh, take events and reach the heights of absurdity. And I, um, and I only wish some of our comedians would take these on national TV <laughs> and, and just read it. Too bad uh, Letterman went home. I'm sure this would make his top ten list. Uh, Dan, you're absolutely right. But you so know what? Let's hear from our guest. Go ahead. Yeah, Larry, jump in there, my friend. Well, I think it's a, a very worthwhile point to bring up that uh, somehow we transitioned from a guy that, in spite of the gun control laws on the books, was able to get a gun and was apparently uh, on a drug that's a, a real doozy, suboxone. And we're not talking about that at all, as far as I know. Uh, I, I only read that he was on this drug in one place. It's not, to my knowledge, it's not been commonly uh, bandied around, and yet I no, think... No, it doesn't fit the... Yeah, fit the we ought to be talking agenda. about that. Yes, but it doesn't fit the political agenda. <laughs> and I guess not. The political agenda is that America is a racist nation. And if you followed after the shooting, the president's press conference, which I wrote about and I thought was absolutely horrendous, but the president of the United States had the the unmitigated gall to stand up in front of the world and say, I don't understand why this only happens in America. Well, it doesn't only happen in America. There were 13 people killed at the newspaper in France. There were nine Jews killed at a market in France. There are tens of thousands of Christians being murdered in the, in the Middle East. There are people in, in Canada, in the United States, and Australia. It isn't just unique to the United States. It's happening all over the world. And we have a president who is unwilling to accept the truth and the facts. And so he has to manipulate the facts in order to advance his agenda. And, well, look at you know, the, the whole issue of gun control, there isn't a law in the book, and you're the gun owner guy, uh, would know more than me. But from what I've read, and you can certainly correct me if I'm wrong, there are very few laws on the books that would have covered the weapon that this young man used. Well, yeah, in, there, in there was, Jersey, you can... That's what the gun owner guy Go ahead. The... Um, it was a very commonly owned uh, firearm, and uh, he, there wasn't anything unusual there. He had, uh, but he did have a record, and the folks that want to rely on gun control got to realize that that background check is very unreliable, 
and it has only resulted the last year of record out of maybe 11 million checks in 14 convictions and not that many more uh, prosecutions. So it's it's not the way to go, obviously, and to talk about more gun control and it being the fault of guns uh, is just, uh, well, frankly, most of the problems that we have in our country related to guns are in big cities run by Democrats. So maybe what we ought to be trying to ban is Democrats. Well, I, I, I agree. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I, Welcome to the show, Larry. Can I, can I just jump in here? Jump in there, and, Don. And that I cannot even go into a store in New Jersey and handle a rifle or a gun until I show that I have a permit to either per, purchase a gun, uh, not only a state permit, but a federal permit, and that... Um, uh, and that I'm a resident of the state. Yet, uh, just uh, three days ago, for the second weekend in a row, there were two murders in Patterson, gang controlled by Democrats, who, uh, uh, two murders and four uh, uh, gunshot incidents, uh, just uh, 15 minutes from, from uh, where I'm talking to you from. So, you know, strict gun control won't keep the uh, guns out of people who really want them to, uh, for nefarious purposes. Uh, you, you can have the strictest gun control, and people will find out how to do it. And, Larry, your yep. point about uh, him being on a drug is absolutely, uh, it is one that, uh, quite frankly, until you had just told me, I had only seen one glancing reference to it. So you're right. Uh, and, and I read uh, seven newspapers a day including the New York Times, and they, they did not mention it. So, um, Larry, uh, one of the things that I disagreed with the president in his press conference when he was talking about gun control, and what I, what I basically said in my, my op-ed piece was, wait a minute, this is the president of the United States from Chicago, and from January 1st to the end of May in 2015, there were over 960 shootings and there are hundreds and hundreds of people who have been shot and killed of all ages in the city of Chicago since Barack Obama's been president of the United States, and what has he done about it? Nothing. He refuses to admit that there's a problem in his own hometown, and it isn't a function of too many guns. It's a function of a respect, a respect, lack of respect for life and human dignity, and people get blown away because people just don't care. And so the problem is not, not more gun legislation, in my mind. It is <clears throat> finding jobs for people and putting them to work. Well, Which the um, president has been significantly uh, lax in doing. Sorry, yeah. Larry. No, that's fine. There's a real animus against firearms uh, that extends beyond uh, the political class. Uh, some companies are uh, of the same conviction. Uh, when you mentioned Chicago, the thing that came to my mind was the Uber driver that had used his concealed carry permit, which, by the way, makes him a yep. remarkable individual because they don't make it easy to get those things, <laughs> only because of a court order that yep. he was able to. Anyway, he had a concealed carry permit. He saw a guy uh, looked like he was getting started on a mass murder, firing into a group of people, got out of his vehicle, and stopped the shooting. Um, now Uber has said that they won't allow any of their drivers to carry firearms. Uh, hello? <laughs> and the problem with what he did was? <laughs> he fired a gun. He put, he put the company in jeopardy of potential liability. That it, is it, it, what's it, driving it. this. And maybe what we need is to have some kind of legislation relieving corporations of that kind of liability that if somebody uses a firearm in self-defense by the way seldom or in, in fact, the protection going, of others they're going to have trouble uh, pointing to a case where an, uh, a third party was hit I've read of such uh, but it happens very infrequently and uh, even the person that I can think of that was wounded uh, their life was 
saved, actually, even though the, the, the good guy with the gun wounded them, was a bad guy that had broken into the apartment and was intent on mowing everybody down. And had the good guy not had the gun and used it, they'd all been dead. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Let me go back to your comment about the young man in, in, in Charleston and the drugs. Um, my recollection is that many of the young people who have been involved in mass shootings across the United States who took their own lives after they shot people or were shot down were all mentally ill and or on drugs that distorted their perspective. Is, is, that, is that a fair statement? There is a long list of them that have been known to be taking drugs. Some of the medical records have just not been made public, so we can't be sure uh, that some of these assailants might have been abusing drugs, or not even abusing, just taking a prescription drug that uh, is known to have a certain percentage of uh, consumers of the drug uh, do bad things. Is there, as, as, a, as a person who obviously has a passion for this particular issue uh, of, of the right to keep and bear arms, which I do too, uh, very much so, um, as a person who's intimately involved in this issue, are there things that you think that could be done, not trying to add more, more bureaucracy to the system, but what I'm asking you, I guess, is, are there things that you think that could be done on improving the quality of background checks that would more discover these these drug situation, or with the uh, with the the protections uh, of personal medical records, that a lot of that stuff will come have come out until after the, after the fact. Well, we have objected to the background check on constitutional grounds that it's an infringement. Uh, it certainly wouldn't be tolerated in the First Amendment area uh, to have the government mm -hmm. approve of whether somebody can uh, produce an editorial. Um, there are times when I would be tempted to support that when I hear some of the poppycock coming out of the media. But, hey, we have a First Amendment precisely so that people can be offensive. Uh, and by the same token, the Second Amendment is not supposed to be tinkered with either. I don't want the government just making decisions about who can have a gun because government not only is not efficient, but government is to be controlled, not to be controlling us. Oh, I agree with you there. I, I think what we have is we have under the Obama administration an acceleration, uh, not something new, but an acceleration in the infringement of uh, of the rights of individuals. Uh, where I think that happened last week is in the gay marriage situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you're taking away, you're extending a civil right to one group of people, which puts it in immediate conflict with the civil rights of another group of people. And um, it just seems to me that 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 we we're trying. There are some of us in our country who have great disdain for the Constitution and the freedoms that our fathers put in it and feel that it's no longer relevant and no longer appropriate and they've got to get rid of it by constantly chipping away at it and doing things that that minimize the value of the Constitution. And I think we need to call people out when they do things like that because what they're really saying is I should be dictator. I don't need to go through any sort of a lengthy constitutional amending process. I'll just get a decision out of a cooperating court and if you're on the left, that's increasingly easy to do, and I'll just mm -hmm. bloody well go ahead and do it uh, as I wish. I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to see more and more uh, counties and states uh, do what, say, Carroll County, uh, Maryland has done. Uh, in that county, they declared themselves a Second Amendment sanctuary, and it sounds kind of uh, innocuous but they said that they were not going to cooperate with any kind of federal activity directed against firearms that was not constitutional. And 
I was talking to one of the commissioners, and I said, you know, I like the statement, but uh, really what effect is that going to have? And his answer was that whenever the feds have done something like Waco, uh, like some of these other horror stories that they've been involved in, they get the cooperation uh, of the, the local authorities because they just, as big as they are and as overgrown as they've become, they don't have the resources at any given point to do something uh, of any size like that. And so I, th I think that's one area where there can be pushback. The whole state of Kansas has pretty much said the same thing with law that was signed into law not too long ago by the governor. Uh, and so... Yeah. I think th th those can be very effectively done. There are sheriffs that, by the way, have um, actually stood off the feds. Uh, one of them's one of our life members, Brad Rogers, the sheriff of Elkhart County, Indiana, who was approached by a farmer that produces raw milk. And for whatever reason, the FDA just has a hatred for raw milk and tries to shut its production down whenever possible. Well, Rogers was approached by this farmer, and he said, they've been inspecting the meat from one day to the next, practically. I'm in court now, uh, in federal court, and I'm afraid that I might lose and, and lose my farm. And um, mm. the sheriff went out and looked at the farm, made sure he wasn't uh, getting involved with the little house of horrors. And after he'd done his due diligence, he went back to his office and emailed the head attorney for the FDA in Washington and said, I want you all to know that if you put one more foot on that farmer's land, I'm arresting you. And FDA wrote back, uh, said, well, you try that, and we'll arrest you. And uh, in so many words, Sheriff Rogers said, game on. And that's been going on three years ago. Uh, that farm, yeah. and happily the sheriff was reelected uh, with 75% of the vote in a Republican primary where there is no Democrat candidate running. And so the farmer's got another four years at least uh, lease on that farm. But it, it actually yeah. has to depend on something like that to keep the feds at bay. Right. Jim, do we need to take a break? No, actually, actually, we're good. We're good, my friends. Uh, okay. I wanted to get Don's I wanted to get Don's comment in here on some of the stuff that Larry's been talking about. Don, jump in there. I don't know why I should comment anything. I do a hell of a job uh, educating us all. But, but, uh, Thank you. <laughs> no, uh, Larry, um, you know, you're, you're opening my eyes in a very interesting uh, way. Uh, I, I firmly believe in the right to bear arms. Uh, I also believe that there should be some control. What do you think about the idea that I've heard of installing a tracker inside every weapon manufactured that could uh, we can enable us to better track guns as a way of reducing uh, their ability to get into criminal hands what do you think about that um i don't want that kind of power in the government's hands uh look sure. at what they did at the nsa uh they it was illegal for them to listen to everybody's call but doggone if they didn't and uh that's why I don't want them having a record of who buys a gun, uh, because you know, even though it's prohibited in federal law, you know they're making a copy of that, especially now that they've been able to use computers. And we've had members contact us that they were in gun stores when the feds wheeled in portable copiers and started copying every single transaction that had ever been conducted in that store blatantly violating federal law in plain sight they just don't give a rip do you think that um, you know the, the one of the one of the questions that, that, that I think about a lot is um, you you have great passion for your your belief and, and the right to keep and bear arms and of the Constitution but in many respects, um, uh, what bothers me is that there seems to be a, for lack of a better word, a malaise in this country that people people are not engaged in the process. 
they are ignoring what's going on. And and we see what's happening in our government. We're seeing what's happening, how people are attacking the Constitution. And yet the great unwashed American population, the vast majority of them, are doing nothing. Why do you think that? Well, it might be that they perceive that whether the Democrats are in power or whether the Republicans are in power, and, and especially now that the Republicans who campaigned against the things that the president had been leading on, they've done nothing mm-hmm. to, to stop him. They folded like a cheap suit. And I, I think people said, well, what's the use? And I think the answer to that is don't let them get away with that. Engage the Republicans in primaries. Uh, the Republicans can't win very many more seats than they've got right now. So we've got the Democrats at bay about as much as we can get them. But the Republicans are out of control, and people like McConnell uh, did have a primary opponent. The guy wasn't successful, but he's on the verge of getting elected governor now in Kentucky. He's a viable guy. And we just need to keep Mm -hmm. running good candidates and trying to finance these folks against them. Uh, David Bratt uh, beat Eric Cantor in a primary in Virginia, uh, not far from where mm-hmm. Gun Owners of America is located. And he did it the old-fashioned way. He went and about a year and a half ahead of the primary election, which is always in June uh, of the election years, started uh, knocking on doors. And I was at a Tea Party meeting in Northern Virginia when two of his key um, campaign staff, quote-unquote, because they were all volunteer, um, came and addressed the, uh, the group to explain some of the ways they had conducted the campaign. They were both uh, white-haired ladies. Uh, he had met them knocking on doors and had recruited one to be the volunteer coordinator and the other to be the volunteer recruiter, and they obviously did a bang-up job. And mm-hmm. that's the way Eric Cantor Uh, was beaten. Eric Cantor was taken so off guard that he was having dinner at an expensive restaurant in D.C. when about, I'm told, 9.30 or so in the evening, he got, maybe it was even earlier, but uh, because I think the people on the ground knew quicker than the television. But anyway, at some point during this dinner, he looks at his device, his face goes ashen, and he gets up and rushes from the dinner. It was total shock uh, that he was decisively beaten by this college professor who, uh, by the way, uh, was teaching Misian economics, real solid free market stuff uh, at a little college outside of Richmond. And uh, nobody ever heard of David Bratt uh, before, but now they have. And by the way, David Bratt is having trouble raising money because John Boehner and company have been turning the screws on a lot of the uh, Washington, D.C. Republican donor types of, uh, of groups. And, and so he's made an appeal to us to please help him out, and we're getting ready, hopefully, to put out an email alert to our folks saying, this is what's happening. Uh, we beat the establishment once, but they're trying to, to take revenge. And so please step up to the plate and be generous and help David Bratt uh, get reelected. So uh, uh, this guy has been true to his word. He's been on the short end of many votes where the leadership just can't stand any opposition, and uh, that's exactly, mm-hmm. of course, why we love him. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that 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 um, and we we've talked about it off off air. We've never talked about it on air, but. <clears throat> When you look at what's happening, um, there's there's really kind of two different situations. You've got a, a an ever increasing Republican majority of the state houses and the governorships in the country, and yet you have a Republican majority in the in the House and the Senate that looks like Democrats. Do you think there's a possibility that? that um, the people will rise up and call for an Article 5 convention? Well, that wouldn't be my preferred solution um, because we're having trouble controlling uh, the people that we've elected as Republicans. 
and there are no rules written even about how that convention might proceed and how would we know that we're able to elect people that are more responsible than the ones we've already elected. Uh, I would mm -hmm. be more interested in entertaining that idea if I thought we had more control over our elected process, but I don't see that. There was an interesting article last week in the New York Times about the aging of Congress, how the average age of congressmen and senators is almost at a historical high, and that um, uh, well, they didn't conclude that, uh, but we need we need to we need to get more new blood and to break up the the cartels that are in there with the the John McCain's and the Mitch McConnell's, the uh, the guys who can barely walk who are trying to leave the country. Yeah, um, we've got to have a better way of getting rid of them than undertakers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Fantastic. good one. I like that. <laughs> Can we steal that one, Larry? Yes. There's no copyright. <laughs> We've got Larry Pratt from Gun Owners of America with us today. We've also got Donald Mazzella from SB Digest and, of course, from TheHill.com, the best-selling author, Mr. Dan Perkins. And uh, we're talking today Second Amendment issues at 46 minutes after the hour here on iHeartRadio and, of course, the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Each and every week around this time, we, uh, we have Don and Dan in and uh, we we're we're privileged as punch today to have uh, Larry Pratt with us today. Now, Larry, as we head into the Fourth of July holiday, what do you think is the biggest issue that we need to be talking about? Well, there's a piece of legislation that we've been pushing for some time, and it would help. Um, it's uh, carried been carried by Representative Stutzman, who's now running for the U.S. Senate in Indiana and uh, Senator Cornyn in the Senate, the, the uh, idea of the bill is that if you have a concealed carry permit in any of the states that have such permits, or if you, and all states now, if only by court order, must have some kind of permitting system, or if you're in one of the six states that doesn't even require a, a permit at all uh, so that your driver's license, in effect, would... Uh, be the instrument for your concealed carry out of state uh, and that's a very important provision that wasn't always in other national carry bills but happily I think the Second Amendment uh, groups have now pretty much coalesced around this particular concept uh, it, it, I frankly think it has the support uh, it could pass uh, if the leadership bothered to bring it up which they haven't bothered to. Now, it would obviously meet a roadblock in the White House, and so the preferred course of action would be to do what was done earlier on in, in our dear leader's administration. Uh, we got rid of the ban on guns in national parks by making it an amendment to a quote-unquote must-pass spending measure. And that same approach could be taken with national concealed carry. Uh, it could be put on uh, some, like the Department of Homeland Security, which was set apart, and then, of course, the Republicans buckled about uh, slicing money from it. Uh, but uh, putting an amendment like this wouldn't be nearly as controversial because uh, there's a majority in the Senate that's already voted on a very similar measure, uh, I don't know, three years ago or something like that. And uh, it just it didn't go anywhere because uh, John Boehner is a big cipher. He's actually worse than a cipher. He's spineless. Uh, I, when I'm speaking, I, get, I usually get a laugh when I say that uh, zoologists have now identified a new phylum. It's uh, a creature that walks upright without a spine, and they call it, as they like to Latinize things, the Johannes Bainerus. And they all know what I'm talking about. They, they get it. Uh, John Boehner is a byword. Larry, let me, let me ask you a question. Um, the Republicans have really been in power less than six months, well, just over six months. Uh, uh, I happen to have the view that they're still learning how to govern and that uh, over time I think some of, the, some of the things that we all want, uh, I say all the people on, the, on this show, uh, will in fact become a law. It, 
in, in differing ways. Get From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> well, well, my qu question to you was a long-winded one, but I'll make it short. Is is it possible that what we're seeing now is simply uh, the learning process, and as as this term uh, goes forward, and more importantly, uh, if the uh, 2016 um, elections go the same way that the 2014 did, we, we will be seeing uh, a lot more action, particularly in a lame duck session uh, after the 2016 election? Well, that's certainly uh, arguable. Uh, it could happen. Uh, I've been of the opinion that we won't see much uh, kind of uh, conservative leadership unless we get a President Cruz or a President somebody, uh, those two would be certainly my personal favorites because they have, in, at different times, in different ways, stood up to even their own party. Uh, they have a backbone. They're willing to fight. They're willing to go to the mat. And that's what we need is that kind of resolve that uh, almost um, takes it as tonic when they're being criticized by the the major, the major part of the media, uh, they are there on a mission, and they uh, are intent on doing what they said they were going to do. That makes them uh, rather unrepresentative of the political class generally. Uh, but uh, if we had that kind of leadership in the White House, I can then see the Congress much more likely doing things that I would like to see it do. Are you, would you consider yourself, uh, since this is the first time I've had a chance to talk with you, would you consider yourself a lobbyist? Uh, Gun Owners of America is a lobbying organization, and uh, uh, one of our guys is up on the but hill almost as every a member, day. As a member, are you, are you actually are you? involved in lobbying yourself? Not directly uh, on a daily basis. I do do some, but uh, mostly yeah. we have a, a chap that does that full-time for us well, maybe you, maybe but our whole, you see our whole organization is is um, what we call a grassroots lobby organization and we provide through our uh, uh, alerts that, that go out over email we'll embed an email in them that people can use to send to their member of Congress and we do the same thing with postcards and the old-fashioned mailings and that's the way we know that uh, when we are up on the hill we're going to be listened to because they know we're representing real people. Yeah, you know, you you talk about um, the issues that you're that are important to you, but uh, you you I would have to assume that your organization has to look at how Congress reacts to certain things, certain pieces of legislation, and uh, as a as a, a guide indicator or or uh, a, a basis by which you're thinking about what your strategy might be for lobbying for a particular interest uh, item of interest to you. I'm just curious if you have any take, and if you don't or don't want to, that's fine. It's not a, not a problem for us. Do you have a take on how the president convinced Boehner and McConnell to bring the Republicans to pass the trade bill and the Democrats walked away? I um, am just stunned that uh, there wasn't a bigger rebellion against Boehner. So evidently, there is something mesmerizing about the, the really cool offices that the Republican leaders occupy, the physical offices. You walk in and it just exudes power. It's kind of the same as when you go to the White House. And maybe that's what it is that has stunned uh, Boehner. Uh, it, it's almost as if they had something on the guy, but I, I, frankly, he wasn't much of a fighter uh, anywhere along the line, except when he first came to Congress. Uh, he and a few others were kind of rambunctious and were trying to get things done, uh, much like Orrin Hatch when he first came to Congress. But they get acclimated when they are in this city, most of them, and they start sliding into business as usual types of uh, routines. And for instance, trying to get a, a measure, uh, even with conservative Republicans, in 
control of the House, a measure designed to overturn the gun-free school zone law at the federal level uh, was something that Congressman Stockman, when he was in the House, took up. And he would personally take his bill to other Republicans to get them to sign on as co-sponsors. And he never got more than about 50, a little over 50, to sign on. And they would tell him, oh, Steve, you know, that's a, that's a good idea, but I, I just can't start, sign on to that bill. Uh, and it, it, it was a way f- for me to see that there's at least two different ways of thinking. One is using linear logic that I think most conservatives try to use uh, when we're thinking right. And then there's thinking based on feeling. And that sort of thinking is not as susceptible to rational argument. Somebody that is uh, thinking with their emotions is much harder to persuade to change their mind than somebody who can uh, say, well, you know, show me your case and let's sit down and talk about it. Well, you know, Washington is a seductive mistress, I once heard, I heard someone say. And, uh, the, the and she's got all kinds of diseases that you can get from her. <laughs> That's a good, terrific. But, but you know, when you go to Washington, uh, it takes two or three years being there, and uh, you, you suddenly discover it's not the United States. And, and the problem, uh, I think, with conservatives is we each have a hot button, and uh, we each follow that hot button, and we don't have an overreaching agenda as the uh, liberals do. And in the end, we kind of dissipate our energy. Uh, it's very interesting. We talk about the media, but uh, as I said to my colleagues this week, radio is still the most uh, uh, effective communication tool yet, uh, and if you look at the numbers, the conservative uh, stations far outreach the um, liberal yes. stations. And That's right. Yet we, we still have not developed a cohesive national policy, and we haven't developed a cohesive national spokesman uh, as we had with Ronald Reagan. Uh, the, the thing about Ronald Reagan is he was able to bring people together. We, uh, uh, in the conservative side, and I consider myself a conservative, um, we, we seem to have uh, different issues. We're talking gun control today. Uh, we're talking health care tomorrow. Uh, we're talking something else the day after. But we don't have an overreaching philosophy that en- enables us to say, this is what the conservative movement uh, looks for. If a, if a Tea Party person had come out and said, let's eliminate Martin Luther King uh, statues, uh, the, uh, people would have been all over him or her. Yet when someone says, let's eliminate the Southern culture, which is based on the Confederacy and the feeling of states' rights. Uh, and by the way, I, I always want to point out that the Civil War was fought primarily by white men and white women in defense of not only slavery but states' rights and and the ability uh, which we uh, uh, started this program were chipping away at uh, day by day, states' rights and, and individual rights, which were very much a part of uh, uh, of what that war was about. And... and we seem to need a, a new national spokesperson. But that's well, my it, comment. I don't have a qu- question. But I'd, I'd like we can hope that it might be one of these Republican candidates for president. Um, that's what happened. We, we didn't really have such a spokesman until Reagan was able to thump the rhinos of his day and uh, rise to ascendancy within the Republican Party. Um, that um, is something that has yet to happen, but it maybe is what will happen if we get one of these articulate conservative leaders 
to become the nominee of the party, to get elected president. And I do think that if either of those two men, and there's probably others uh, among the Republicans, who are the nominee, I think they're very likely to win because I think the, uh, the Democrats uh, are not exp- – they're not on the side of where most of the people are in this country. This is a right-of-center country still, uh, in spite of the media, in spite of the schools. And the, uh, if there is an effective spokesman to mobilize those, those, uh, the people that I think are the majority, they will come out and vote for that spokesman. The reason that we've seen moderates lose is that they actually turn off their base, and the base declined. Uh, Romney had fewer voters than, than than his predecessors, and they didn't have enough to beat Obama. It's it's really stunning how they have this uh, ability to mesmerize parts of the party by saying, "Well, you got to like some nominate somebody like me because we're the only way we can attract the, the independent voters." Well, the truth of the matter is that they put them to sleep. <laughs> Do you uh, has your organization start to vet any of the Republican candidates? Yes, not as an organization, but uh, I would. Uh, I know that uh, we were very active in uh, uh, Senator Cruz's campaign uh, in Texas, and uh, there's a sort of a, a fondness for him just based on that time working with him. But um, mm-hmm. we've also seen. Uh, Governor Walker, and he's been tested in the same kind of fire that has uh, Senator Cruz. Uh, and that's uh, mm-hmm. uh, really what we're looking for as much as anything, is uh, is the guy going to stay the course, or is he going to wilt and uh, just kind of uh, become mm-hmm. a Bob Dole or a John McCain or a Mitt Romney? Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That's the, the real thing that we're looking for. Of course, we want them to be conservative. But we also want to know that they're a fighter. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I was think, as you were saying that, I was thinking about you know John McCain and all the restrictions he put on, and, and Romney's inability to attack the president when he was outright lying. Um, <clears throat> I, I have my own at the moment. I have my own personal picks. Um, I like Scott Walker a lot as the lead on the ticket. And I like Marco Rubio as the number two guy. So Rubio really is fun. Mm-hmm. I hope we can hear Rubio repent of his tenacious effort to stick us with immigration reform, which would permanently turn over the country to Democrat rule. Uh, I go to an Hispanic yeah. church, and I can tell you that until you've developed relationships with these immigrants, and shown them what's going on. That if they, you've got to show them that a vote for a Democrat is a vote for the same kind of bad government they left behind in whatever country they've come right. from. And right. that that is not going to be done by somebody who Romney refused to use the, the word socialist uh, about Obama or even his programs. They just wouldn't mm-hmm. call out. Uh, the opposition for what they were. Right. And if you don't right. take Absolutely. lead in that, it's you won't do it for you. Right. Well, in, defense, in defense of that, I think he would have been pummeled by the uh, uh, national media for, for daring to say it. Uh, oh, fine. And so will, uh, you know, so our guys are right now. You know, the, the, the ones that are in the lead right now in among conservatives are they take all kinds of bric-a-brac from the from the media and that's why we want to find somebody that's not going to fold and we'll use that as further occasion to get his message to the people and just confront the media directly you're a bunch of uh, liberals that you've been back in this kind of government that's put us in the mess that we are we we're not going to listen to you anymore that's why your industry is dying mm-hmm. well as a wrap up here uh, we've 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 got to wrap up here, gentlemen. I appreciate the uh, okay. the conversation today. Before we uh, for, as we wrap up here, Don, how do we get a hold of you online, sir? Smallbusinessdigestmag.com. Uh, Twitter is uh, uh, hashtag two SB Digest. Can I just make one comment? Yes, jump in there. Today agreed to take up the case 
uh, backing up Governor Walker <coughs> about whether uh, public unions have the right to negotiate. I think that was a, a, an extremely interesting uh, uh, statement by the Supreme Court that they are going to take that rule up. Uh, I think that uh, that will make for an interesting next term in October. Yeah. Well, Dan, uh, how do we get a hold of you, sir? Uh, you can you can see my op-ed pieces on thehill.com. Just put, put in thehill.com in the search box, put in Dan Perkins. The website for the books is danperkins.guru, and the foundation is Songs and Stories for Soldiers. US. Good stuff. Well, Larry, of course, Gun Owners of America. One number from now on. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get those those issues worked out, my friends. Uh, uh, Larry, how do we get a hold of you, my friend, so people can get in touch with you? Gunowners.org is all it takes, and uh, we'd encourage people to go there and look for the Take Action button so that they can sign up for our email alerts. They're free, and it is how we have stopped gun control. Uh, in the last few years, even on one occasion when the NRA was supporting it. So uh, wow. when the members of Congress are hearing from enough people, it kind of gets their attention. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.